For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the San Francisco Giants and their upcoming baseball matchups over the following week. But before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Area Podcast. For one on break, we previewed what we are doing with this week's show. Once again, talk about the Giants and their upcoming matchups over the next week. But we got to recap what happened last week, how we did and how the Giants did. And simply put, we did a lot better than the Giants because the Giants went over. They got swept by Minnesota. They got swept by San Diego. 61-68 and 68 is the record on the season. Uh, season's basically over, and there's a lot to fully, fully unpack. As for our actual betting show, we did okay. Uh, we thought they would end up taking two out of three against Minnesota. They, they ended up taking zero, so we got one of those games right. Then we thought San Diego would basically dominate the series against the Giants, and they did as the Giants lost three separate one-run games. But I touched upon this. I'm going to have to at least have a brief rant again regarding the front office and really the GM. What exactly were you thinking uh, right before the trade deadline? Because I said time and time again, this team should, keyword should, blow it up. They should trade a bunch of the veterans, try to get some prospects, look for the future. Instead, like I predicted, this team said, well, we were amazing last year, and we'll find a way to harness that same energy for the second half of this season, even though last year's team, I still think in hindsight, was extremely fluky in terms of the success. You had a lot of career years from a lot of people, a lot of veterans who returned back to, uh, say, close to their prime production, which is kind of unheard of. But looking at the potential trade options, Rodon's still there. Don't really know why. I thought you could have gotten a bunch of good prospects for him. Uh, you still have Jock Peterson, for example. I don't know why he's still there. You kept Flores. Uh, I know Longoria got injured, so it's a little bit trickier. I don't know why Belt is still on the team. I mentioned they should trade a bunch of veterans. Crawford, uh, he should not be on the team anymore either. But it seemed like the Giants just refused to rip the Band-Aid off. And instead, they decided to keep this older core, which has really not done well this season at all, and walk into the abyss. And they have been awful since the trade deadline. Not surprised, more disappointed. 
But to go through some of the numbers, for example, Wilmer Flores is leading the team in RBIs with 60. I'm sure most of you would not have guessed that Wilmer Flores was leading the team in RBIs. But uh, to go through the actual, uh, you know, we'll start off with the RBIs, just go through some stats. Flores has 60. Peterson has 53. Uh, Estrada has 51. Yastrzemski has 44. Crawford is 41. He's batting 226. Crawford's really been awful at the plate this year. Uh, Ruff was good, but then they traded him away to the Mets. Uh, you had Luis Gonzalez, who uh, had some flashes. Uh, Longoria, though, 28 RBIs in 67 games. He stayed somewhat healthy last year, which was a big piece. I He's been injury prone for the last couple of years. I'm not surprised. Brandon Belt, 78 games, 23 RBIs, 213 batting average. They lost Posey, of course. Bart has not really been good behind the plate. They have really just not been good offensively. And the bullpen's been okay, but it's mostly the offense. It just completely fell apart. And I cannot believe that they decided to move forward with this exact roster without basically trading anybody before the deadline, which I think is just front office malpractice. The Giants will not make the playoffs. They'll probably finish below 500. And then you might trade some pieces during the offseason, but I'm not picking Kapler to get fired. I'm not going to blame Kapler for this offensive ineptitude, but I at least have to acknowledge that the front office has really not done, done this franchise much favors moving forward because I do think they could have gotten younger and trading off some of the veteran pieces to title contending teams looking for a boost, I do think would have been the smarter option. But either way, we had a pretty decent week. Giants went over. And the Giants are going to try to snap this seven-game losing streak uh, starting on Friday in a matchup against the Phillies. They got a three-game set against the Phillies and a three-game set at the Dodgers. And then they play the Brewers in a two-game set, uh, actually a, a doubleheader on Thursday. But we're going to cover that on next week's episode. So sticking with the Friday game and the Phillies series in general, you have Cobb pitching against Gibson. And for this one, I am going to take the Phillies. The Phillies offense went absolutely berserk on uh, Wednesday, scoring 18 runs, took out some frustration uh, for the first two games in that series. And the Giants, they really have just not been good. Uh, they're at home, and they're above 500 at home. So, I, of course, that's going to help. But at least I got to acknowledge that the Phillies are the much better baseball team. Now, Gibson's against Cobb. Cobb recently has been uh, pretty pretty solid, to be honest with you. I mean, if you want to go through the numbers, last three starts, five innings, no runs, six and two-thirds, three runs, six innings, one run. He's been pretty good. And Gibson has been a bit underwhelming, ERA north of four. Nine and five record, though. Does give up some home runs, giving up 17 so far this season. But Gibson's recent starts, he was very good last time out against Pittsburgh, seven innings and no runs. Uh, start before that, the Mets got to him four and a third, four runs, two earned. Six innings, three runs against the Reds, and six innings, three runs, two earned against the Marlins. Eight innings, one run against the Nationals. So he has been pretty decent lately. For this one, though, I'm going to take the Phillies. I just like the offense a lot more, especially with Harper in the lineup. With Harper and Schwarber and Hoskins and Real Muto, and they have, just have a lot of weapons and the Giants really don't have anybody. Now, it's not as bad as the Marlins, for example, who have a hard time getting to three runs in any given game. But the Giants offense is really not built to create big leads. It's not built to really come from behind. And when a lot of your players are aging veterans who are not really that good anymore, 
I think you're going to have a hard time scoring. And both pitchers have been kind of similar. They've been mediocre throughout the season, but they've been good lately. I'll back the Phillies with the better offense in the first game of this set. So I'll take the Phillies in game one on Friday. Now moving on to game two on Saturday, you have Junis taking on Syndergaard. And Junis has been pretty up and down uh, during his time with the Giants. He has a 4.04 ERA. But to go through the outings here, it's re- it's either really good or really bad. So go through his numbers in August. Uh, three and two thirds, three runs against the Dodgers. Two and a third, six runs against the Padres. Seven innings, one run against the Diamondbacks. Six and two thirds, three runs against the Rockies. And then back to being terrible, four and a third, six runs against Minnesota. So he's up and down. You really don't know what to fully expect any given start from Junis, which is explanatory on how he has a four year array because his good starts and his bad starts kind of meet in the middle. But Syndergaard has been okay this season. 3.98 ERA, 8-9 overall record. Uh, he was pretty solid for three straight starts. Six innings, two runs against the Marlins. Seven innings, three runs against the Reds. Seven innings, one run against the Reds. But then ended up giving up five runs in five and two-thirds against the uh, Pirates. I mentioned the teams he faced, too. You face the Reds twice, the Pirates, and the Marlins. It's not much competition. Now, the Giants' offense isn't great, but I will acknowledge that I think the Giants' offense is better than those three teams. But... For this matchup, I think I'm going to take Syndergaard in this spot. And the Giants, I mentioned how they really dropped the ball, not trying to make the roster younger and trading off some veteran pieces. You look at the actual morale of that team, you have a bunch of veterans who witnessed one of the best regular seasons in their careers and one of the best regular seasons ever last year. You lost in the first round, and they're not getting any younger. And now they're on basically a team that's hoping to get back to 500. It would not surprise me if the Giants fully just implode moving forward and the veteran guys kind of just get ready for the offseason. I'm curious mentally if they've kind of just checked out for the year and we'll see how that goes. But this win- this losing streak could extend maybe to 10 if they get swept. I would not be surprised, but I will point out is one thing if you're young and you're just happy to be in the show and you're picking up some experience, you're trying to learn some things along the way. But you have a lot of veterans who have had postseason appearances, potential World Series championships or World, World Series appearances, and now you're on a below 500 middle-of-the-road team. I really question how motivated the team's going to be moving forward in roughly the final month and change of the season. But to go through the series finale, you have Rodon taking on Suarez. And for this one, I will not pick the sweep. I will take Rodon to get the job done. I will give Suarez props, though. He actually has him pretty good this season. For uh, He has a 3.42 ERA. Last couple outings, though, he has been not the greatest. He was very, very good for two straight innings. He had uh, seven innings, one run against the Mets, and seven innings, no runs against the Reds. Faced the Reds again after that. It's five and two-thirds, three runs, and then struggled against the Dimebacks. Three and two-thirds, six runs two of them earned. So Suarez been a bit shaky last two times out. And I do like what I've seen from Rodon. He's been the model of consistency. He's just been a very, very solid pitcher, which is why I really can't believe the Giants didn't get a bunch of draft picks for him. He was, or a bunch of prospects, worst case scenario. But to go through his outings, he was not good last time out against the Padres. But even with a four inning, five, uh, five earned run outing last time out, His ERA in August was still 3.18. So he was very good in every other start there. I'll take Rodon. 
I do think Suarez gets into a bit of trouble early on. Rodon opens up a lead, probably ends up going seven innings, and the Giants win that game. I don't even know, four to one or so, but I'll back Rodon probably at a decent price after the Giants get, uh, lose the first two games in that series. But moving on to the second series, traveling to Dodger Stadium. Starting on Monday, you have Webb against Anderson. I'm picking the Dodgers. There's no way I'm not going to. The Dodgers are 10-3 and against the Giants this season, and 45-16 and at home. The Giants are 9-under on the road. Webb has really not been pitching well his last couple times out. Anderson was very good against the Mets in his last outing, but Webb has really been struggling a bit, so I'm going to stay away from him. Give me Anderson and the Dodgers, who have absolutely owned the Giants so far this season. Now, moving on to the second game in that series, you have Wood against Kershaw. Kershaw coming back off the IL, so hopefully uh, he ends up not getting injured again, because even if you don't like the Dodgers, he's still one of the best pitchers of his generation, and it's sad to see him get injured all the time. But Kershaw, you might have to worry about some early, early struggles with some rust, maybe some command issues. So you could make a case for Wood in this spot. I'm not going to do it. I like the over is my favorite play in that game. It would not surprise me if Kershaw ends up struggling early on and Wood I expect to get hit. So I'll go with the over. The value plays probably on the Giants plus one and a half, especially getting a guaranteed nine of bats while the Dodgers might not need the bat in the ninth. So plus one and a half, I don't mind for the Giants in that spot because anytime you're backing a guy off the IL who's laying a huge price, I can guarantee you that Kershaw is going to lay a huge price. I'd rather spend my money elsewhere. So I'll go with the Giants plus one and a half in that one. And moving on to the final game of this series, you have an afternoon game on Wednesday with Cobb against May. May, since coming back, has been solid. And he has a 1.64 ERA in 11 innings. Uh, Cobb, I, we already talked about in this show, he's been pretty good lately. I think May's got better stuff, but Cobb is finding a way to go roughly six innings, two runs, or three runs each time. I'm going to lean to the under. I think this will be a competitive game. I don't think that this game is going to be decided early on. I think the bullpens might decide it, but I will go with the Dodgers. I think that at the end of the day, they just have too many weapons offensively, and May has good enough stuff to limit himself out of – or to for, allow himself to get out of trouble. He's pitched 11 innings, not a large sample size, but zero home runs allowed which is definitely nice. Uh, I am going to go with May here. I think that the Dodgers win this game, potentially by one run, but I'll take the Dodgers in a 4-3 type of game. So once again, going through the actual predictions for this week's card or this week's uh, list of games, I like the Phillies to win the first game on Friday. I like the Phillies to win the second game on Saturday, and I like the Giants to avoid the sweep and win on a Sunday. Then I like the Dodgers to win... The first game of this series, I like the uh, Giants plus one and a half against Kershaw on Tuesday. I also like the over in that game. And then on Wednesday, I'll go with the Dodgers in basically a one-run game, four to three type of matchup between May and Cobb. But that's been this episode of the Bitterberry Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the doubleheader against Milwaukee, the three-game set against the Cubs, and the three-game set against the Braves. But until then, good luck to all of you and all your bets. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. 
Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.